Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing show. This week we are talking about can you actually learn to trade? And the answer to that is an emphatic yes. You're going to see the strategies and techniques that we use to help our clients get past experiences that they may have had in the past and kick the goals that they truly deserve. Funny to take out of this one, and I'll see you on the other side. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and as always, my offsider and co-host, Mitchell Laurential. Thanks for having me on the show, and thanks for having me in your beautiful office here, AB. I know we've got a really interesting topic to chat about today, whether or not you can become a successful trader, and what an environment to be discussing it in. Absolutely, yeah, there's great love and natural light in here, but perhaps more importantly, can you become a natural trader, or do you need some help along the way? And look, I think the reality is, if you want to be successful at anything, first you've got to get an idea of what your definition of success is. Uh, and, and, and probably the best way we can look at that is to compare it to maybe playing a musical instrument or playing sport. Um, you know, if I look at golf as an example, I am an appalling golfer. Me too. It works out very good value for money per shot. <laughs> and, and, and the reality is that you know, if my definition of success is going out and having a hack around the course and taking 100 shots, then I'm successful. But if I want to compete at a better level and, and get a better kind of result or a better scorecard, then the skill set I currently have and the one that I've had for probably close to 30 years um, is not going to get me there. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a really good analogy because I think in the, in the event of golf, the environment is always changing because you're going to a different hole with different conditions and weather, for example. So you are having to adjust to that canvas. Mm -hmm. Nonetheless, the process of swinging your club is exactly the same every time. And we see that on the trading well, screen. I, I, and that's my problem, it's not the same. <laughs> There's the inconsistency. Look, I mean, maybe golf isn't your thing, maybe a musical instrument is. Um, you know, I've got a guitar sitting over there, and, and if, if I try and play that, it probably sounds like somebody trying to strangle the cat. So uh, I won't do that and destroy our listeners' ears. But yeah, the reality is, I haven't gone about learning to play that in the right way. It's not maybe not been something I've been motivated enough to want to do in the right way, but the approach I've taken hasn't been right. I've just gone to YouTube, hacked around with a couple of lessons, and sure I could give you a couple of chords, but I've got no idea how to play that thing. It, it, it's, it's interesting that you say that. Now, how do you, I guess, then develop an approach? Is it first understanding what it is that you want to achieve and in the space of trading, it's not necessarily just money for you, it might be money for your family or whatever it may be. Same as playing a musical instrument, it might not just be to show off to, to some girls in a nightclub, it might be to, to play at your cousin's wedding, sure for thing. example. I, I think like everything, you've got to know what your outcome is. I mean, it's interesting timing. Yesterday, um, I took my son for his first tennis lesson. And, I was, and it was so interesting. I actually watched the lesson in its entirety. I wasn't one of those parents that sort of <laughs> drop the kids and sit on their phone trying to catch up on emails. I actually sat really intently watching not only the way the teacher approached it, but how my son Jack approached it. He's fine, loves anything. He goes in with a great mindset. He's, uh, he's excited and he's very, very open. And, and, and just seeing right in that very first lesson how the process of teaching the Tintac basics is already being inlaid in someone that's never picked up a tennis racket before. And it's not like, you know, you know, you're standing over him like Serena Williams finally going, you're going to be Wimbledon champion. <laughs> I just want him to find some uh, activities that he enjoys uh, and that he gets some fun out of. He's five, you know, it's not about setting, setting things too far along the line. It's about fun at that stage. 
but already getting the basics right, I can see what's standing in good stead. And I actually did get lessons on how to play tennis myself, probably when I was in my mid-30s, uh, socially climbing. And, uh, tennis is a good way to do it. Tennis is a terrific way to do it. And double Bay in Sydney, I'm going to say, somewhere like that. It was indeed. Double Bay in Sydney was my uh, my regular tennis hit out when I was down there. And uh, I'm actually building a tennis court just over in the uh, outside, over on the other side of the farm over there, that one here. So I hope you enjoy this so we can play together. But the, the reality of it is that it was probably harder for me to learn at 30 uh, something because I already had a couple of ingrained bad habits. You know, I'd hold the racket like I was about to chop a tree down the first time I went in there. And with, a, with some coaching, I was very quickly able to progress because you don't go down the dry gullies that someone like me that learned to play golf themselves went down. The bad habits that become ingrained, you can't let go. So learning how to do it in a structured way is really important. And, and finding somebody to do that is important too. And it's someone you can relate to. And, and, and I guess, oh, what can you say about teachers? Oftentimes people say people that can't do teach and I think you know if you're going to learn from someone find someone that's already done it and has got the results that you want and has then learned how to be able to teach and communicate that skill to someone not just someone that can teach someone that's done it first and has developed the skills to teach as opposed to the other way around. It's, it's an interesting point because if, if you, for example, tried to teach Jack how to play tennis, yes, you might be able to get somewhere, but yeah. you're not going to be turning him into a pro versus someone who's been playing tennis for 20 years and has been teaching for the last 10. There's a difference. I mean, sure, you could do a great job, but they can probably do a better job. I also think uh, you can't be, I think the expression is you can't be a prophet in your own land. And like, you know, your kids don't always want to listen to you either because they are they know best. But if they uh, talk with a third party, oftentimes they're more likely to learn that as well. I've seen that here. I can ride a motorbike. We've got a couple of um, uh, farm bikes, and my son has a little Pee Wee Fifty. We fang around as we've seen on our farm here, and I could go out with him and ride, but he won't listen to me in the same way that he'll listen to his grandfather. They've got a very very good relationship, and, and, and interesting enough, my grandfather was a t uh, my 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 my, um, my father-in-law, my son's granddad, uh, was a teacher. He's also pretty good on a motorbike, and so he's got the ability to ride a motorbike, but knows how to teach, and that's very very important to get that order right. So if you're someone wanting to learn to trade, mm. uh, there's you know plenty of marketing, whether it be Facebook, YouTube, <laughs> and a lot of people selling a bunch of garbage, if we're quite frank here. Look, there how are, do you select? Yeah, look, there are armchair experts out there that have come up with a course that are pushing through social media, and uh, there's their secret DNA behind the curtain. We've cracked the code, and look, we all know they don't work. They're probably not regulated or licensed for that matter too, but that's, a, that's part of that to the side for the moment. Yeah, there is no substitute for experience. Experience is a great teacher. It, it's even better when it's somebody else's because it's a lot quicker to acquire for yourself. It's certainly a lot cheaper because you're not making the mistakes that people typically make when they're going through this. But there are you know, some, some reasonable barriers for people too. We'll get onto their stories that stop them in a moment. So, you know, experience is, is crucial. You have to find someone that's got the returns or the results or the outcome that you're seeking and arguably significantly past that that you're seeking. But then they've got to have that ability to be able to articulate it. And, 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 and you know, financial markets, their game is teaching people how to trade. And, you know, I've been trading for 30 years. I've learned a bit in that time. I've made some massive money in that time through that endeavor. But I've also spent time learning how to be a teacher. It wasn't something that was a natural thing. It happened purely by accident. But I do think when you've done something, it's easier to teach because it's a subconscious awareness. You know that you know something. You don't have to think about what you're teaching. You know that you know it. 
and show and communicate that with people. And you can find a lot of different ways of teaching the same thing. Um, and that's probably, you know, in the cyber world that we're currently in, with our um, coaching clinics we run for our clients, you know, people come in with a particular question and because of the technology we use, we've got a full studio, we can see their body language then, their screen, the whole thing. So it's as good as being face to face without the bad breath. Um, and, and Speak for yourself. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, you can start to teach it in a particular way and realize that it's, it's just not registering or resonating with someone. They go, okay, let's pause that here. Let me change gear and teach it this way instead because I've done this for so long. I've got lots of different ways of teaching the same thing until I can see that the message um, as, as actually you know, landed with you and, and you're able to feel comfortable with that. Uh, and that's why experience is so, so important as opposed to someone's going, oh, this is what you know, a moving average is or supportive resistance or whatever it might be. And it's just that very canned, here's some PowerPoint slides talking to it. That's not teaching. Sure. So my next question on that, Amy, and that's great advice, is at what point in the journey do you reach out for help? Because it can be daunting for a lot of people to ask for help, especially if you're a novice, you don't want to seem like the idiot in the room and, and speak to an expert like yourself. Do you do some legwork yourself first or do you reach out right from the get-go? That's a really interesting one, isn't it? And what we're starting to dive into is the psychology of people's journey, their learning story journey and, and the story that they're telling themselves as to either why they want to do this or why they can't do this. Uh, and it becomes quite quite challenging. In my experience, having someone that's a motivated blank canvas is the easiest type of person to teach because they've got none of those ingrained bad habits. If I look at when I learned to play tennis in my 30s versus my five-year-old son yesterday, the muscle memory he has is totally different. So he's just a blank canvas and it's gonna be, I'm not gonna say easy for the instructor to work with because teaching children is, is not necessarily as easy as teaching someone that's a, a motivated adult. But nonetheless, um, you know, it, it, it's a lot easier with someone that's a blank canvas. So I, I've found that over the years, and you know, we've been teaching now people to do this for you know, 20 odd years here in Australia. Um, when you've got people that have got what they think is a level of experience, and experience is something you can measure in a lot of different ways. You can measure it based on time, or you can base it on quality. And someone that's got no idea, so I've been very badly attempting to play that guitar there. I can say I've got four years experience, but I don't really have four years experience. I've got no idea what I'm doing. Four, four days four, experience. For four years. <laughs> so really, yes, I've got four years experience of nothing versus someone that's maybe taken a more structured approach and they've booked in, maybe they've had a one-on-one -on -one lesson or they've had tutorials or they've, you know, there's an online learning, picked up a good solid online course which is really structured in, in, in stepping you through the various gateways and improving where you're at. It's measurable, it's, it's, it's easy to follow. Um, all of a sudden, someone that's only got a week's worth of experience but has gone on that structured pathway would be so past my rather pathetic skill set there. Yet I'll say I've got four years experience with that because I've been trying to trying to work it out for four years. So time is not really the benchmark. It should be quality. Um, you know, and I think when we when we work with clients that are new to us that have been around markets for a, for a period of time, oftentimes they're really really hard to work with. Oh, I've been doing this for five six years. I was around pre GFC. Well, that's fantastic. Glad that you haven't quit and you've had the the tenacity to get through the journey for that period of time. But what we're talking about is a time measure of experience rather than quality. And the next question on the back of it is simply, well, okay, glad you've been doing this for 10 years or 12 or 15 years, we'll go through some case studies shortly. 
how have your results been over that time? Are you frustrated or are you satisfied? And if you're frustrated, what does the gap look like? What would make you happier? And what do we need to do to bridge that gap? And that's a really confronting conversation to have with someone because there's a lot of ego involved in saying, you know, something you kind of got a point. I've been doing this or messing around with this as a hobby for 10 or 12 or 15 years. And remember, mature hobbies cost money. Businesses make money, hobbies cost money. Doesn't matter what the hobby is. Um, you've got to be able to turn that time into a measured outcome of profit when it comes to trading. And let's let's look at a case study because it's a it's a great way to, to draw attention to your point. Yeah. Our most recent trader of the month, uh, we won't mention her full name, it was called her Shell. Um, mm -hmm. She had 15 years of non-profitable trading, yeah. except for the last three months. Tell us a little bit about her story. Yeah, Shelly is a, an interesting one, and it's not an unusual story uh, in that for 15 years she's been trying to work it out. Not that successfully, because she's never really been that profitable as a trader. Um, she's, um, and what I really admire about her is the fact that she's not given up. So for 50, she's obviously had a passion for wanting to get the outcome, which is also very important. If you're gonna start on this journey, You've got to have a reason for wanting to be on this journey. You've got a reason to want to play that guitar. You've got a reason for wanting to be better at golf or tennis or whatever it may be. So there must be a why. And we've talked massively about that in various goal setting sessions that we've done. Um, and in her case, she, 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 the, 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 the mystery or the intrigue of there is a way of doing this. I'm just going to work the damn thing out is what's probably driven her for that 15 year period. Uh, she came on board with us uh, earlier this year. And what was particularly interesting in her case is that new course, new teaching mechanisms, but there were 15 years worth of pre-learned baggage. She's got more baggage than a Samsonite factory <laughs> um, when it comes to the experiences that she's had. And, and in particular, something more of a, a kind of get rich quick on a trade type mindset, which she'd been doing for 15 years with patchy outcomes. And so she's really knuckled down and bedded into what our process is and literally followed it to the letter. And she's seen a massive shift in that because all of a sudden those, those, those bad habits, she's gonna look, yeah, I've got 15 years experience, but really it's not 15 valid years because the quality of that experience is sure. not great. And she's, and, and this is what I really admire, and this is part of the reason why our team, I think nominated her uh, for a trader of the month, is that she, has really looked at that from a very self-examination, critical perspective and gone, okay, well, maybe I was wrong. Or maybe what I've been doing wasn't right. Which we've done a podcast on too, by the way. So let's just leave that at the door and fully bed into something new and try and see if it works. And I guess the proof of the pudding is in the results. We've had three months of back-to-back -back profit for her. Hats off to her for having the tenacity to do that, but also the strength of character to go, I'm gonna put my ego to the side here, and whilst I may have 15 years in time of experience, it doesn't really add up to that much profit. And I think just subtly on there, part of the reason why she's gone through that process is because she's a woman. And we've talked about you know, the female factor previously in other podcasts, and for, and this is a huge generalization, but then you know, I've also had the privilege of educating 50, 60,000 people around the world now, so you kind of, you kind of get a bit of a beat you when, you work, when you right. work on a sample size like that. And, and I think you know, from a male perspective, it would be much, much harder for your average bloke to arrive at that conclusion because of the, the, the impact on the male ego. And, uh, and I think that's probably why that's also helped to push through that. 
And, and it's so sad when we, we get prospective clients that look, oh, I've been, I've been managing my own super for 10 years, you know, I made you know, 15% last year. Well, that's great, but the market gave you the opportunity to make maybe 40 or 50%. So whilst any profit is okay, you've missed out on you know, a further 30 or 40% that you should have taken out of that show you've had a different set of skills. Yeah, but you know, I've got all this time, I've been doing it for long enough, I mean, you know, what could you teach me? Yeah, it's quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and that's an interesting sort of point to raise in my next question. If we take the example of Shelly being trader of the month, 15 years of bad habits, three months now in profit, she's clearly better down the process based on what we've taught her. How do you then fine tune that to ensure that you actually stay on top of the process? Because especially as us guys, full of ego, it's easy to get ahead of yourself and start doing some things left to center. Yeah, you bang on with that. And I think everything if you want it to be repeatable has to be a process you know and and, and 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 the more vigorous and robust that you can make that process and the more inbuilt that it is within you the greater consistency you're going to bring to it you know and, and there are multiple analogies we can use you think about a golfer on the tee box uh, this professional golfer that, that set up the address of the ball at least i know it's called addressing the ball that's the extent of my knowledge um you must have read that in a book somewhere nice and um you know that the, the mechanical process of getting set up to tee off for example is robotic every single time which starts to eliminate variables which is which is really really important so processes are key um you know if you if you think about music if you can read sheet music or, or read music then you're going to be able to play the same song the same way over and over because there's a pattern or process behind it. You know, I, I, one of my many vices is reading, as you can see, and, and you know, there's a whole chunk of cooking books up there, uh, and, and, and they've all got recipes in so that you can get a consistent outcome. If you find something you like and, and, and you don't have the ability to repeat it, you've got a problem. So if you put that in the trading context, you can have a trade that's a really, really nice profitable trade, but if you're not able to repeat it on a ongoing basis it was a one-hit wonder and that's what that's that's no good for anybody you know wealth creation is about on the grind week in week out month in month out year in year out consistency whether that be in return in terms of managing risk and also the the psychological certainty or comfort and non-stress of being in a market that's all over the place which can be very unsettling and you're wondering what the outcome is going to be that's why a process is so important and you can teach anybody a process but they have to be open to wanting to learn it. And oftentimes, you know, rather like an onion, they've got to peel all of those layers off to get to that soft core before they can open up. And again, in my experience, the longer someone's been around markets themselves, particularly if it's not been that successful, the more resentment or frustration or anger or, or pushback that you're gonna get from that person. Unless sure. they just arrive at that pain point and say, hey, I'm humble enough to say, I think I, I thought I knew what I was doing, clearly I don't. Will you help me? And there's plenty of people who've been able to do that. It's great advice. It's a nice little framework around learning to do anything, not just trading, but in our case, that's our bread and butter. So as we come to the end of the broadcast, David, mm -hmm. finish us up here. Where do you go to learn to trade? Because I know you've been doing this for 30 years mm -hmm. and there's been a lot of clients that have learned a lot from you and, and our organisation. Look, I, I think we've been very careful in what we've produced in that the process is stood the test of time since before I even started in markets and so you know 30 years ago um, the processes that we used back then still work today and that's that's a timestamp I think in terms of something that's of quality you know if you get something that's good 
it just stands the test of time. It doesn't flick and flack and change with the season. So, you know, same thing with, you know, the asset classes we work with, that does move because, you know, during a commodity cycle, then commodities might be more interesting. Uh, during an equity market boom, then equities might be interesting. But throughout that whole time, we've always focused in the options space because they're an all-season strategy. They always work. And I think, you know, when you're able to then package that up in a way that's a very layered and carefully thought out learning process. Remember I said you've got to know what you're doing, but then you've got to know how to teach it as well. And that's actually quite tricky. You know, you'd sit there and bamboozle somebody uh, with technical terms and jargon and processes, and they're not going to have the confidence to go away and do something. So you've got to be able to break it down into those layers of teachable uh, uh, stages that move the needle further and further toward the goal. And I think that's something that you know we've really spent a lot of time in developing, both face-to-face, -face, online, recorded, interactive, uh, and in the way that we put our trade recommendations. It's a very, very robust process that sits there. And I think you know a good analogy. You know, I see other people out in the marketplace that that sort of try and plagiarize our stuff and copy a little bit, or or jump on the bandwagon. They just move with the seasons. Now, Style lasts forever. Seasons of uh, fashion is seasonable. They're like a fashion that just change every. Oh, well, now we're doing this. There's one guy out there used to be uh, trading futures in the market, and then it was uh, currency, and now he's the guru on stocks. Uh, yeah, and, and then there was another one that moved into day trading because they just keep moving because what they're doing isn't really working. And you know, if you use an example of a car, if you take something like say a meat and potatoes Volkswagen Golf or a Porsche. 911, two different cars, both German. Uh, if you look at a Porsche or a Volkswagen today, compared to that car in the early 70s, you can see the lineage between them. They haven't changed that much. Sure, they've got new styling and they might be hybrid or electric or whatever it may be, but they're recognizable as being where they started from. That DNA, those values of what that vehicle was stayed the same. If you look at other brands of car, and every model looks so radically different because they're trying to fathom out what the magic formula is. And we've stood the test of time, um, you know, particularly with something like cash flow on demand, which is, to my mind, one of the best front-running strategies you can have insofar as um, you know, the ability to manage risk, generate income, and a fairly simple strategy to execute for just about anybody. And there are lots of other distractions that flick through markets, but we keep promoting that product and that particular approach because it works. And, and that's what this is all about. It's not just having something that sounds good. Experience isn't about being in the market, it's about the quality of what you're gonna get out of it. And that's why we deliver that strategy. So you've gotta have a process, but you can't flick and flack. It's gotta be consistent, it's gotta be time tested. But most importantly, people have gotta be able to understand it to feel comfortable and confident with it. Put that together, you've got a winning formula, and I think that's what we deliver. Well, there we go, AB, thank you very much. It's a really good framework around that. And I think the question we can all ask here, can you be a successful trader? Can you learn to do so? Absolutely you can. Absolutely you can. It's a learned process, and when the process is right, the results always follow. Get the right process, get the right teacher, come in with the right attitude and mindset. Forget about the past and what that experience may look like. It's ground zero, day one, just like my five-year-old son playing tennis. <laughs> just like the magic potion for the power pop girls. Take it out, magic. <laughs> Love it. Thanks, AD. Cheers. Absolute pleasure, there you go guys, give us a review and a rating and we'll look forward to hosting you next week.